0: Understanding that we use exercise because of the fact that it is a stressor in the body. It produces something called hormesis. What hormesis generally means is that it's just a stressor that you use to kick off a cascade of chemicals inside of your body that make you stronger. It's kind of the what kills you doesn't make you stronger paradigm.
1: Welcome to the Let's Start Health Podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea Haynes. We live in a noisy world, and this space is intended to bring you clarity, enrich your bank of wellness knowledge, and inspire you to kickstart your journey to healing body, mind, and soul. I'll be interviewing industry professionals and bringing you raw, real, and personal stories of healing through gut health, intuitive eating, and the power of the abundance mindset. Thank you so much for tuning in and getting curious. Your journey to healing starts now. back to another episode of Let's Start Health. I am your host and gut health coach Chelsea Haynes. I am so excited to come back today with a fun quarterly series where I will be bringing in my dear friend, soon to be partner in crime, Dr. Carly Golightly. We will be uh Digesting Science. So this quarterly series will be called Living Lightly with Dr. Lightly, which I just absolutely love. <laughs> and on this series, again, we will be talking digestible science, where we will be discussing common health and wellness topics that may seem a little bit over the heads of us folks that are not doctors. And Dr. Golightly will be sharing her knowledge and expertise and also just on-the-ground experience to help us digest some of these Uh, topics that might feel a little bit overwhelming in the world of health and wellness. And I'm super excited today. Dr. Golightly, thank you so much for being here with me. And I would love if you wouldn't mind just introduce yourself really quickly. Give us a little background of your expertise.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Chelsea. I am delighted to be back here again. And I just absolutely love your mission and what you're all about. And I'm just so excited to bring value to everyone who's listening to Let's Start Health already. So like you mentioned, I am a naturopathic doctor. I practice in San Diego, California in a community of San Diego called Rancho Bernardo. And I founded and run a clinic called Empower Med Integrative Clinic out of Rancho Bernardo. So this was really my my brainchild. I wanted to create this as a place for people to not only to heal and get better and experience what root cause preventative medicine feels like, but for them to become empowered around that information and to start becoming wellness advocates for themselves, for their families, for their communities, and ultimately for the world. So for those who aren't familiar with naturopathic medicine, what we do essentially is look at the root cause of what is causing someone's current health condition. Right, Whether that be something as simple as they're having a hard time sleeping or something as progressed as they have cardiovascular disease, we are interested in the why of health
1: and helping people to address that why in a meaningful way. Oh, I just love this so much. And for all my listeners, we actually have a very exciting uh, collaboration that we'll be starting most likely at the beginning of 2021. I will be shifting my one-on-one program, and I will actually be uh, grateful and super excited to outsource Dr. Golightly's uh, expertise. So I'll be adding on a whole comprehensive testing to my one-on-one program where uh, the doctor will be able to go over your a GI map test and create a recommended protocol based on really what's actually going on in your gut. Because just like what you said, doctor, it's like oftentimes we know that we're inflamed, we know that we're in blo that we are bloated, and we have this mindset or tendency to want to like take curcumin or like do like basically put a bandaid on the bruise, right? We want to eliminate the inflammation, but oftentimes we don't take the time to get down to that root cause and like what is causing the inflammation in the first place. So I'm so excited about um, having that offering for people moving forward in the future because it's true. And I think this is something that even my intuitive journey of my own healing, like that was really important for me for a long time. So this is actually a perfect leeway into our topic of conversation today. And we're going to be talking about some common dogmas in the world of health and wellness. And one of them, I think for me was that I just knew that the world that I was walking in and the path that I was walking to try to heal my psoriasis and make it essentially just disappear I wasn't going to get that help through, for example, my insurance company and my, my Western doctors, which I am not bashing Western doctors at all. I'm just saying that I knew that for me, fundamentally, there was something deeper. So doctor, I would love to ask you, what does, in your mind, optimal health actually mean? And then we can dive into some of the common dogmas of health that you have encountered in your practice and then ways that we can debunk them.
0: Awesome. I love that question because this is a conversation that I actually have with patients in my office every single day because the the paradigm that we're under right now is that health is really just an absence of disease. Health is not just the absence of disease. Health is more of a marker of the way that you're able to participate in your life. Are you able to participate in your life fully to the amount that you want to, are you able to show up for your friends, your family, your community, your church group, your gym, whatever, all of those things that you find valuable, are you able to be a part of them and are you able to contribute? And honestly, when I'm talking to people about health, just because you don't have a diagnosis doesn't necessarily mean that you are healthy. You could be someone, for example, who has IBS and is so inflamed from the IBS all the time that you go home and you feel like a miserable person to your family. And it keeps you from being able to go out and to do community service events because you're worried about where there's going to be a bathroom. And just because you're not in the hospital or something like, you know what I mean? It's not that progressed to the point where you're um, living off the the system, essentially. You're still having your life severely impacted, the quality of your life severely impacted mm. by something that's completely preventable yes. and treatable. And so that's kind of a, the really, a really good example of what I like to talk to people about is, is, is there something related to your health that's holding you back from participating fully in your mm. life? And just because you don't have a diagnosis for it doesn't mean that it's not addressable. I absolutely love absolutely. this. I
1: love this that concept of can I fully participate in my life, it really resonates for me. And I know for a lot of my clients as well, you know, that w- what we would call like that functional, functioning anxiety or like the... Um, I don't know. Like you said, well, and actually, you know what, let's just dive in. It brings us to our first dogma, right? That I'm super excited to talk about. And that's that concept of that's not normal. So talking about some of the common dogmas that you see when your patients walk in or people that you've encountered in your life and in your practice, one of the common things that you mentioned to me was that people often say, or they write off for so long, this this belief of, well, I'm living in this I guess, normal amount of pain or however, you know, that comes through. So can you shed some light on, on that belief? And then also how can we debunk that?
0: Yes. So first of all, I want to say just because you're experiencing something just because it's normal for you does not mean that it is physiologically normal. Um, Gosh, I have so many examples of this. So, you know, before we were starting the podcast, I talked to you a little bit about this. You know, I have someone who, until I until we had the conversation that going poop every other day was not normal, he had never heard that yes. before in his yes. life. He came to the table thinking that it was okay to be going to the bathroom every yep. other day and had been doing that for years and years and years and years. And it, this patient is in his 60s. Yep. And I was the first person to say, that's not normal, (laughs) which is shocking. (laughs)
1: I'll add to that too. A friend of mine who's a board certified nurse, same thing. She said she didn't learn until she was actually a working nurse in the hospital that having a daily poop, a daily bowel movement was actually a typical thing, even in in her, because she suffered herself from chronic constipation and didn't even know it. And she was a board certified nurse, like, that's, you know, there's something to be said about that.
0: Right, right. Yeah, and I think that that is kind of a disservice. And one of the things that I'm really passionate about educating people about is what does normal physiology look Mm. like? What should you be feeling like? And a lot of times people don't understand how crappy they were feeling until they experience what it's like on the other side and they go back and they look like oh man i was super anxious or the fact that i felt really stiff and in a lot of pain every morning when i woke up like that wasn't normal yep. or oh gosh the fact that i get an afternoon headache every single day that's that wasn't normal yep. either i mean these are all these are all things that i see all the time that people have just because of the sheer will and adaptability of the human spirit, we are so good at just taking these things on and dealing with them, and just integrating them into our lives, and you know, powering yes. through. And yes. then we start to think like, oh, well, this is just a normal thing. This is That's just me. When in fact, it's it's not. It's, it's not. And again, because it doesn't fall under this um, this paradigm of like a diagnosable thing, we're told, oh, you're normal. Oh, your blood works normal. You're fine. No big deal. Um, But really it is a, it's a functional Mm -hmm. issue, right? There's these symptoms is something that your body is trying to tell you. It's like a little red flag, a check engine light or something like that. That's going off. Your body's trying to tell you, Hey, you need to pay attention to this. Something is, something is off and you need to start addressing so it. So true.
1: And I think we've talked about this, of course, for anyone listening to this, Dr. L- Golightly was uh, on the podcast, I think I believe in season two. So I'll have to go back and find that. But I want to say we talked about that as well, seeing symptoms as uh, not something to just numb out from and ignore because you're a little bit nervous about it, or like you said, you believe it to be normal. And one of the most common responses I hear after, for example, my group, Gut Health Reset, is I'd never realized how good I could feel, and I like you said, I didn't realize how crappy I was feeling and how well I have adapted to that and implemented other i guess numbing strategies to just numb that symptom, but really, when we just take the time and implement that healing container, it's like, Wow, I had no idea I could wake yeah. up feeling energized every day. I had no idea that this wasn't typical, so um seeing symptoms as signs rather than something to be like fearful of and something that because i do think yes. that there's a lot of fear around understanding our body i think there is this especially generationally i'm seeing it as well like in my parents and my grandparents like generationally i think we are part of a generation that is more interested in learning about ourselves there's been a little bit of a paradigm shift around going to the doctor. And I also believe that's partly because of this wave of naturopathic functional medicine that is coming out and educating people and saying, listen, there is a new, and it's not new, actually, there's a very old paradigm that we are now bringing back to health and wellness. And that is that everything is connected. So you don't go to the eye doctor and the foot doctor and the heart doctor, but actually there is a one-stop shop because our body is a one-stop shop. Now that being said, if there is like obviously something wrong with a certain thing and that you have carotid arteries and you need a double bypass, I would definitely recommend going to a heart surgeon. <laughs> But to get there, right? That's probably not where you're going to first start. Maybe you have shortness of breath. Maybe you um, get chest pains and don't realize it. Like, maybe you've had drastic weight loss quickly, and and that again, that's not normal. <laughs> that's not normal. Mm-hmm. Rapid weight loss is probably a sign that there's something else going on in your body. Or if you walk 50 yards and have to stop three times on the way to catch your breath, and I would venture to say, like, walking into a heart specialist is is a scary thing. So maybe you just like want to push those symptoms away and kind of ignore them because the idea of having to have heart surgery, for example, I'm just using this as an example, um, feels very scary naturally, right? So I love your offerings, doctor, and how I think a naturopathic doctor or a functional medicine doctor is an amazing first place to start, to start digging into like, what is the bigger picture here? What is more of that like, normal or i also like to say typical versus atypical right the what is a typical bowel movement supposed to look like how often is that supposed to be like based on my age and my you know my current bigger picture of health how far should i be able to walk without having to stop for breath and if there is something else going on we can dig deeper mhm so super excited to share that Dr. Golightly and I are actually collaborating. I am upgrading my elite one-on-one four-month coaching program to include GI map testing. Y'all, this is so cool. By testing the DNA of our gut microbiome organisms, This amazing test gives us insight into all of the bacteria, viruses, and protozoa, in other words, those potential parasites and worms, that might be present in our gut, as well as any opportunistic organisms. You know, those ones that if they're given the opportunity to grow and create problems like autoimmune disease and SIBO, they will. (laughs) But what I love most about this test is that it also shows us a breakdown of the good organisms and bacteria present and we can look at if we need to support these guys in any different way than we currently are. Based on the results of this test, Dr. Golightly and I will be able to create a comprehensive healing protocol based on your unique needs. For more information and to book a free discovery call, simply go to my website, chelseahaynescoaching.com forward slash contact. Book a call and I cannot wait to get to know you a little bit more and help aid you on this journey to truly optimized health.
0: important and valuable there, which is the fear that a lot of people feel around going to the doctor. And Mm. I think it's, it is why a lot of people put it off. And it's because traditionally for, I guess, like the last 50 years or so, the model that we've been under has basically been, you go to the doctor, you get a diagnosis, some kind of bad news, you know, and then you get put on a pill. And for people who don't want that as part of their lives, it makes sense that they would avoid going to the doctor. They don't see the doctor as someone who can help them to overcome an issue. They see it as someone who's there to deliver bad news. And that is changing, like you mentioned, rapidly right now, because we have a whole generation of people who have looked at that and gone, "Mm, I don't think so. I think there's a better way. And we have this reemergence now, like you said, functional medicine, naturopathic medicine, these things aren't new they've been around as long as the conventional approach and perhaps even longer if you really want to take it back to you know the age of hippocrates when he was talking about food being medicine this yeah, is old say. wisdom that's been around for a long time and conventional medicine really came around as a system of acute care and mm-hmm. it is fantastic here in the western world we have the absolute best acute care that you could possibly get if i get in a car accident or something like that there's nowhere else i would rather be but it kind of stops there, right? Yeah.
1: I'm pretty sure. And please correct me if I'm wrong, but I learned recently actually that like the Western modern model of this acute care came from the war fields, the battlefields, mm-hmm. you know, like when you think about the industrial revolution and the world wars and like where this acute care came from was literally that it was this, you have got a broken leg, we got to fix it. You you're, blown to pieces it's a little bit dramatic but you know you you've got a gunshot wound we need to give you morphine it's that dogma like you said of that pill for an ill
0: exactly exactly um and then it also came from too like the whole sanitation issue so infectious diseases Mm -hmm. right so some of these things like antibiotics developing antibiotics for infectious diseases was huge for us i mean The the number of mothers who were able to survive childbirth, the number of children who were able to survive certain things, like it really took off in terms of mortality rates in the United States. But what that did was kind of set the stage where now we thought, oh, so if we can cure infections with this one thing, what else can we cure with one silver bullet? You know, and so it kind of, again, created this paradigm where it was a pill for an ill. If you're sick, take a pill and here you go. This will this will solve that problem. But what we're learning now is that it didn't solve that problem. And in fact, we see we see it becoming a bigger problem, right? We spend three and a half trillion dollars every single year on healthcare spending, and 90% of that goes towards chronic diseases, all of which are preventable. This is
1: mind-blowing. I mean, I've, I can even personally speak to it. My mom's mother, so my maternal grandmother, who I was very close with, I think as many of us especially as women do feel that close to our maternal grandmothers, if we've had the gift of being able to spend time with them in this life. Um, She was over, she, it, it literally at one point in time, I think she was on 25 different pills because it was, uh, you know, a stroke and then a heart attack and then all of the things with that high blood pressure, cholesterol, and then the side effects of all of those things. And then the anxiety, I mean, it was, and, you know, her children, her four children saw that happen. And in the end, it didn't really end so great. <laughs> you know, she still suffered from chronic depression. You know, she still suffered from, and she she passed away from a heart attack, I think, very relatively young. I think she was only 72. And, you know, and that was even after carotid artery bypasses, surgeries, and all these things. You know, the last decade of her life was at least as I remember it, flooded with doctor's appointments. And she was like, I mean, my memories of her are like vibrant and go-getting, but from the story from her children were kind of different. You know, she really suffered a lot. And I think now looking at my aunts and uncles and my mom, it's this fear of, I don't want to go down that route, that pill for an ill. So yeah, that paradigm is changing. That paradigm is changing. And it's very, very, very exciting. And something I think that is also shifting, and I would love to take a step forward here if that feels good is talking about a a big piece of that paradigm is insurance and kind of this dogma about health that, you know, this belief that whatever my insurance covers is all that I'm limited to. And, you know, I guess, what else have you seen in your practice? Because for me, I feel like I think I felt limited for a long time financially and based on like what my insurance covered was what I was allowed to explore within my body. And obviously finances are a big piece of that. Though I'd love to hear your take as a doctor, like, From your perspective, what is insurance actually for? What is it meant to do to help us? And then where can we start to kind of debunk some of these uh, dogmas about insurance?
0: Yeah, such a great question because again, something that I talk about every single day with patients and not this is certainly not to um, not to understand like the financial aspect of things like like you mentioned, especially here in the United States where now insurance has become a mandatory thing. We have to have it, and we have to prove that we have it. And for some people, that spend that means spending hundreds of dollars every month, which is a whole other conversation in and of itself. But um, you know, here it's mandated, and we have to have insurance. And so I understand that a lot of people come to the table with, well, I'm already spending three hundred dollars a month on insurance. Why would I want to spend extra on top of that? Which I completely understand. And you know what? If it's if it's just not in your in your financial ability right now to spend extra on healthcare, great. That's why. People like you and me do things like podcasts. That's why we're active on Instagram. That's why we write blogs. That's why we do all this stuff.
1: Free knowledge and education. Exactly. I
0: want to move the locus of control here from outside sources, like I can only do what insurance tells me I can do, to an internal locus of control. You are the one that is in control of your health. And if you can't afford to go out and seek, do like a gut health or work with a naturopathic doctor and pay out of pocket for it, you know what? There are so many people like Chelsea and I who are out there trying to fill this gap of knowledge and you have the power and you have the control. And I honestly think that that's where it starts, right? Is understanding that you are the one responsible. You are in control of your health. Yeah. I love that so much. Yeah. And so if you're someone who just doesn't flat out, just doesn't have the extra money to spend on healthcare, totally fine. There is so much free information out there and it's an area that so many of us are super passionate about filling. So start there if that's all you've got. Fantastic. For those who maybe do want to invest a little bit more in their health and have the ability to do so, understanding that insurance only covers what they deem to be medically necessary. So the standards for insurance and what's deemed medically necessary is actually set by Medicare, Right. So Medicare, we know, is the insurance that you get when you go over 65 and all that stuff. So to kind of put it in a nutshell, what's deemed medically necessary is stuff that will save your life. Right. So it's the stuff when you get to the point where, say, you've had a stroke and they want to prevent you from having another one. They'll put you on a medication to avoid getting a stroke and they'll cover that. But you don't want to get to that point in the first place. Right.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Ideally not.
0: (laughs) Right. So that is that's kind of the crux of the whole thing. They will cover basically life saving stuff or stuff that has been, um, let's say, has been recognized as being uh, prevention based in some form. So like, let's say, for example, pap smears or mammograms or, you know, things like that, that we've, there's been a significant body of research that said, okay, you know, every year you need to get such and such exam after the age of 50 or yada, 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 that type of stuff. So it's highly, it's highly research-based in a lot of terms. And then it's also highly cost-based too. You have to remember that insurance companies are privately owned for the
1: most part. They are oh, that not- blows my mind every time I think about it.
0: Yes, yes, exactly. Most of them are privately owned. Uh, the majority of them are not government institutions or anything like that and at the end of the day they are looking to make a profit. There is a whole there's a whole group of people out there who are insurance um, underwriters, right? So they will de- they'll deny people with pre-existing conditions insurance because they know that they're going to have to pay out and pay out frequently for them. And that's a huge problem that I see with with actually some of my patients who have literally been denied insurance because they have a pre-existing condition and no one will pay for them. So they pay out of pocket for everything.
1: It's absolutely wild. And it's interesting when we start to think about insurance and actually the functions of it, who benefits from it, and what what is intended for it. And it is not the way i see it and the way that you just explained it it is not there to support that prevention you know it's not there necessarily and and i hope and pray and this is this is something too where the paradigm shift of that pill for an ill versus this new understanding that actually the body does need more support in other ways i really hope and pray that there's a shift in the way that insurance companies work and i do believe in my heart that that will happen eventually uh, it's just you know we are kind of on that forefront of people who are out there trying to help people in any ways that they can. And, and also, like you said, give that free education. So that way we can take control of, it's it's trusting that intuitive hit that there might be something more, more there and then taking that empowered action and that control back into our own hands versus... Mm-hmm you know, the doctors work for the insurance companies too. That's, you know, like, so we're really just giving it all over to somebody else. So we go and they run, you know, there's certain tests, there's standard tests that are covered. And, you know, even, even my, you know, my, my doctor that I go to just for like, whatever yearly checkups or whatever, which, Full disclaimer I haven't done that in a while <laughs> because I go to naturopathic doctors. I go and I do alternative tests, I do GI MAP tests, I do um, hair follicle testing for heavy metals. Like, I'm really into figuring out where there might be dysbiosis in my body. So, I pay out of pocket for all of that. But for example, my mom, I said, Mom, can you please just ask your doctor when you go this next time to run these extra tests? And, her, and she said, Yeah, and her doctor said she'll do it, but she disclaimed, By the way, this might not be covered. You know, so like, and this is a basic, just more inclusive thyroid panel. Like, please just, if you're going to run a blunt test, please just add a few more of these comprehensive tests for the thyroid. And even that was considered potentially not covered. And it's sort of this, like, you throw it up to the insurance gods and hope that they cover most of it for you, but you're prepared to hopefully pay out of pocket, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I had a, a experience of that recently with a patient who had tried to get a um to get vitamin D yes. tested, right? So vitamin D, we know now is one of the most common deficiencies, not not just insufficiencies, but frank deficiencies in the United States and it's hugely impactful for your immune system and right now, I mean current events, we're learning that vitamin D is really important in your ability to fight off a covid yes. infection, yes. right? So I had a a patient who tried to go to her primary care and get a vitamin D test covered by insurance. They wouldn't do it.
1: They wouldn't do it. Oh, my gosh.
0: And it blew my mind because there's this growing, there's a huge body of research out there. And that just kind of brings me to this point, which is understanding that things that are covered by insurance and what happen in most conventional medical offices are typically about 10 to 15 years behind current research. Wow. understand that, that it takes a long time for what's being researched right now, what's on the forefront of our understanding of medicine, of science, of human physiology. It takes 10 to 15 years for that to actually reach you as a consumer through insurance, through conventional
1: medicine. And who's to say we even get that many more years in our life? God willing, we will, you know, and hopefully with... people like us and all of the other forerunners of health coaches and NDs and, you know, all of the people that I do see that are super passionate right now about this like new wave of optimized health and biohacking and like, how can we truly live our most optimized life? Like it's, and I think too, once you get plugged into it, you're really plugged into it. But I do think that there's also a lot of people that are just Not that they intentionally have blinders on to these new paradigms, but that maybe they've never been exposed to it before. So if anyone is listening to this and has a mom or an aunt or a grandmother or a sister or a niece or any same things in the male genre as well, (laughs) please share this episode because it is so true, like debunking the fears, debunking the financial beliefs debunking the what is normal versus what's not normal the uh, the mindsets around what health and wellness is so for our last little bit here as we chat today let's take one more step forward and I would love to talk about health and exercise specifically exercise and kind of this idea of what exercise is what might be an optimal way to actually train your body and also what the current paradigm of what exercise we believe should look like, how that has led to this like chronic era of adrenal fatigue and really just in general burnout.
0: Mm, Yeah. Yeah. So I want everyone to just start picturing exercise and understand that exercise like anything else is like a drug, like a therapy. Mm. It's a tool that you're using to have a desired effect inside of your body. Love that. So you have to know that just because some is good, more is not necessarily better. So, you know, if you're going to take something like, let's say, a blood pressure medication, right, you would never take more than what your doctor recommended, right. because potentially that could shoot your blood pressure down so low that you pass out and hit your head and fall. In yeah. <laughs> Again, extreme, extreme example, but, yeah. you know, understanding that we use exercise because of the fact that it is a stressor in the body it produces something called hormesis. What hormesis generally means is that it's just a stressor that you use to kick off a cascade of chemicals inside of your body that make you stronger. It's kind of the what kills you doesn't make you stronger Horm- paradigm.
1: Did you say right? hormeser? Hormesis. hormesis. This is the digestible science, yeah. people. This is what we're talking about. Here. <laughs> <laughs> hormesis. Interesting. And is that a, a like a, a tertiary hormone to like adrenaline and cortisol?
0: So what hormesis really is, it's, it's, a, it's a conceptual oh. term, right? So hormesis is anything that causes a little bit of stress inside of your body that basically kicks off essentially an inflammatory cascade that signals the cells in your body to become stronger.
1: Ooh, I right? love it.
0: So exercise, exercise is a great example of that, right? You have to, we all know that you have to break down a little bit of muscle, but when it builds back up, ideally it builds back stronger. Gains. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> With a Z at the yes. end.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. And and you guys aren't watching the video of this recording, but I'm doing gains over here in my side. <laughs>
0: And like tell you, she's got some guns I hope you guys all have your tickets again there was a joke someone sent me a, a joke I think it was my boyfriend yeah. recently who was talking about a video that he had seen that was be as happy as a bodybuilder directing traffic <laughs> he's doing all the like, poses you know <laughs> I, go- oh, just
1: flexing. I gotta start putting these recordings on YouTube because it would really really be great <laughs>
0: I would definitely add to this whole thing. So I
1: love this concept of hormesis, which I've never heard before. And like you said, it kicks off this general inflammatory response, which this is like, if it was an emoji, it'd be the one with the brain exploding right now, because I believe the dogma about exercise that most of us have is that we need to do more. We need to do more. We need to do more. But what we just learned from the doctor was that actually More does not necessarily equal results. And in fact, what could happen in the body, doctor, if we were to over-exercise to a point where that stress is now causing a chronic inflammatory response?
0: Right. And this is something that happens pretty frequently, honestly, um, especially with someone who is like newly into exercising or someone who has, we actually have a term for it, we call it orthorexia. Uh, It basically means someone who takes it all too far, right? Who is, who's, who's too involved in the diet, too involved in the exercise and, and honestly has a almost a psychological component of things where they feel like if they don't do these things, it's somehow tied to their, their goodness or morality as a human being. And so they overexercise, under eat the whole thing. Um, But anyways, so yes, you're absolutely right. Doing too much exercise. And I will say specifically where I see it, where I see it go too far is with the long steady state cardio. Mm -hmm. So going for lots of runs and stuff like that. And then also with HIIT training, um, really this kind of took off with the advent of CrossFit I'm going to say like, I think CrossFit is awesome for so many people because it got, they, what they did really well was they brought out this whole community aspect of stuff. They made it really fun. They made it so that people really enjoyed and wanted to be part of their CrossFit box and came to work out because they saw people that they cared about, but at the same time, they started doing these super intense exercises that their bodies were not ready for. And basically the inflammation and the ability to recover, um, sorry, excuse me, the inflammation exceeded the ability to recover, Mm. right? So we had an imbalance that was going on, especially when you see something like you're going going to the gym every single day and you're constantly, you keep hitting that stress response, keep breaking down proteins, keep breaking things down and you never give your body the ability to recover. Yeah. Something that's also really important to understand is that exercise is not the only stress that's going on in your life, right? So if you're someone who not only is hitting the gym every day, but you're working long hours, you have a stressful job, your diet is off kilter, and then you come home and you're not getting enough sleep at night, that's all stress. And it's going to impede your ability to be able to recover from that workout. So when I see people like this, a lot of times the conversation I end up having with them is, I actually want you to back off on your workouts. I want you to work out less. And I want you to be more intentional about the type of workouts that you do. Um, that I think is another really common paradigm or dogma of health is that when it comes to fitness, just moving your body around is fine mm. and getting a sweat on. That's what yes. you want. Um, you yes. know, the amount of that you sweat is correlated to how good the workout was. That's not this true. So right.
1: You are so right.
0: That's you are not so true. Right. Yeah. And it's, I've, I've been there. I've personally was, was guilty of this until I had basically a trainer take me under his wing and explain all of exercise physiology to me and it blew my mind again that emoji yes it blew my mind it changed the way it changed everything about the way that I look at fitness mm-hmm. the way I look at exercise the way I look at stress on the body um it yes
1: more is not better when it comes to exercise and it's interesting coming from I mean I was a competitive athlete my whole life I definitely had these beliefs these you know these dogmas in my mind that more is better I have to say I'm, I'm proud of myself and it's also why I think I've made this a you know the secondary piece to my gut protocols is learning how to tap into your intuition because I always no matter what I knew when too much was too much and it all landed as like intuitive hits but also like learning my body and understanding like I like running to a point where I'm throwing up and passing out is probably too much And like the same thing with like hot yoga, right? When I started teaching yoga, hot yoga was all the craze and Baron Baptiste and all of that. You know, like it's so good for what it did for so many people. And I also am now seeing this deeper understanding that like you said, and I always say it to my clients, same thing. Like move your body to where you feel your heart rate coming up. Maybe you're a little sticky in your armpits. You got a little gloss on your forehead, but you're not like, you don't look like you just stepped out of a shower <laughs> that lightheaded dizziness is probably a sign that like maybe you've gone too far maybe we are a little bit more dehydrated than we want to be now maybe we've just pushed the override button and you know again i'm we're not saying this to incorporate shame or to badmouth anybody that is not the intention here the intention is to educate people on like okay what actually does it mean to train your body and physiologically in your body, what's happening when you're exercising and training and also like trusting yourself. If you feel like I've heard stories of people who felt like, Oh, I was locked into the studio and, and I realized at the end of the class that the door wasn't locked. I could have just gotten up and walked out, but I didn't for Mm -hmm. some, like Mm -hmm. whether it was like the pressure to stay or this like belief that I failed or whatever it might be, but really just encouraging our listeners today to Trust yourself, trust your gut, trust the symptoms and signs of your body. And remember that like, there is no, you are the master of your body. You know your body more than any doctor, more than any coach, more than anyone else in the world who claims to be an expert. You are the expert of your body and all be all. And if you have questions and you're concerned about it, reach out to Dr. Golightly, reach out to myself, find us on Instagram, find us, you know, head on over to our websites to start inquiring and asking deeper questions because we have the tools to help you kind of navigate that on a deeper level.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. You're, you're so right about that. Yeah. And I, I just want to reiterate yeah. what you said, that none of this is intended to exactly. shame. There is no morality attached to yes. any of this. Um, the, your ability to complete an exercise or the fact that you didn't eat according to the certain nutrition plan that you have today, like
1: none of that means anything about you as a human being. Right? And isn't it so funny because how often do we say, Ooh, I was bad today. I had a piece of cake
0: yeah. or like,
1: Ooh, I was good today. I had a banana instead of a granola bar. And it's, I mean, it's one of the, f- one of the paradigms that i operate on in my health coaching practices and i'm sure you see this all the time as well in your clients it's like the unlearning that our self-worth is associated with achievement and that food or exercise or lack thereof or whatever is inherently bad and that means something about my self-worth and like you said my my morals as a human being so really just becoming mindful around the language that we learn and that we use around food and exercise, I think is really, really, really important.
0: Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. You know, you, you create your reality yes. based on the language that you yes. use. And so being mindful of how powerful that is, is really a step forward into
1: um, creating a new world for yourself. Yes, yes, yes. Well, Doctor, this has been a super, super, super thorough and value packed episode. I'm so grateful for you. For anybody listening and is interested in Dr. Golightly's services, you can find her on Instagram at Dr. And I'm sure from there you have a link to your website, and I will also be able to link it all in the show notes. If you are outside of California, tell us for anyone listening that's outside of California, how can they work with you? Of course, you can always. Come over to me. We can we can talk about your one-on-one, my one-on-one services, which will include Doctor's uh, Carly's services. But maybe like a four-month program isn't quite where you're ready yet. So if someone's outside of California, where where might they begin? Yeah.
0: Yeah, so I just want to say, obviously, if, you're, if your gut health is your concern, go to Chelsea. <laughs> She's the master at the gut health stuff. And I'll be there, too, in the background to help out and guide this yes. whole thing. So if gut health is your thing, go straight to Chelsea. For anything else, my, my primary love is hormones. So, if you have any hormone concerns, or if you're someone who's just really looking to take your preventative care to the next level, I can work with you in a health coaching manner as well. So, obviously, outside of state lines, unless of course you want to fly to San Diego for a weekend vacation and come see me in person, all I can do is a health coaching, I have a health coaching relationship with you, which is still insanely valuable. And there's so much that we can do there. And if that's something that you're interested in, You can go onto my website, which is www.empowermedclinic.com and book a free 15 minute consult where we can just chat about that.
1: Amazing. Doctor, thank you so much. I cannot wait to do the next one. Again, this will be a quarterly series, Living Lightly with Dr. Go Lightly, where we will talk digestible science. Thank you so much. I know how valuable and precious our time is in today's world of productivity, and I couldn't be more grateful for yours today. If you feel that this episode was of value to you, I would be even more grateful if you were to share it with your people. Go ahead and copy and paste that link into messages. Smartphones make it super easy these days. Or if you're feeling really creative, pop a screenshot of the episode into your Instagram stories and send it on over to that person in your life who might need this boost of inspiration today? Don't forget to tag the podcast handle "Let's Start Health" and my personal account, "The Yogi Yadi," so we can have all the fun connecting, building community, and sharing all the things. Thank you again, and remember: be curious and unwavering on this journey to health.